Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to Equals. Welcome, everyone. This is Nabil. Welcome back to Nairobi, mate. Oh, thanks, Nabil. I'm back from America. I've just been there for work, and I recorded two episodes of the podcast with uh, new presenter Nadia. They were brilliant. Yes, yeah, she. I mean, I'm not saying you're not good at this, but I, I mean, she was just just professional about it. You know, she just had a kind of class <laughs> about her. Um, I was brilliant. It was brilliant to uh, to hear from you and from Nadia. And and what can I say, Max? I'm looking forward to my episodes with Nadia. And uh, I guess I guess they'll be without you. Yeah, you're going to cut me out of the picture altogether. No more old white man. I mean, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I guess the world is uh, is changing a bit, isn't it? But look, no, no, no. We're we're all in this together. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, that's that's really kind of you. <laughs> yeah, really kind of you, Nabil. But hey, everyone, really, it's um, we're on this journey of the podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us so far. This is our now sixth episode, and today we've got another fantastic activist to speak to. Yeah, now we've got Elena from Peru, an amazing young activist who's been in the front line. We're literally in the front line getting shot. Amazing story, so it's going to be a great interview. Now, Peru fascinates me. Latin America fascinates me because of its histories of of struggling against inequality. And it was the first continent, in fact, that it was to be colonised. Yeah, no, definitely. Columbus, 1492, an absolute devastation and brutal colonialism. And... It's still the most unequal region in the world by, by quite a wide margin. And you think of the experiments done with economic ideologies over the decades as well. It's really had a brutal impact this on this continent. Oh, it really has. But it's not just, I mean, not just that. I think the, the, the last 20 years, interestingly, and probably a lot less known, is it's been the only continent on Earth that's managed to reduce the gap between rich and poor mm. in many, many countries. Mm. But But there are some dark clouds looming, right? So we're seeing a rise back in poverty now on the continent, and we're seeing a rise back in the of the far right as well on the continent, really yeah, at the leadership I level. I would say a lot more than dark clouds. Uh, things are really going into reverse in a big way, and and you're having to see social movements go back to the streets, and that's that's why I think this interview with Elena is really really fascinating. So Elena is a leading member of something called the Left Youth Forum in Peru. She's active in Peru. She's active across the continent fighting economic inequality, fighting for women's rights, fighting for the environment. And she's got some really great stories to share. Should we have a listen? Yeah, no, let's. Elena, thanks very much for joining us for Equals. And really great to speak to you today. <laughs> Hi, thank you. Really great to speak with you too. Um, Elena, let's kick off. Let's, let's hear a little bit about your story and how you became the activist that you are today i read somewhere that you described as a as a militant youth activist can you talk us a little bit through your journey uh well yes i uh, i was very like interested more than in politics you know in uh, social injustice since i was a uh, a child. It started in 2009, I think, when when young people went back to the streets. Rebirth of youth movement, of social movement. I mean, it was still alive, but it was back on the streets. So uh, there was a lot of movement back then. And since 2013, 2014, I joined in a more organized way. Hmm. Uh, and it was uh, because we wanted to repeal a law that is, was uh, a law that was going to take a lot of our labor rights, especially for young people. You know, they wanted cheap labor from young people. 
and uh, we we rebelled against that. So that's that's when it started. And then you slowly get to meet a lot of very inspiring people who have been struggling and doing activism for a long time. And the reason why many of us call ourselves militants and maybe not activists is because uh, being an activist is more related to volunteer work mm. <laughs> and being a militant is more related to political work, to movement work, to, you know, being very grounded and very, in, very much in touch with uh, inequality and, and vulnerable uh, populations. Elena, can I ask you just a little bit about, uh, you mentioned inequality and um, that's what this podcast is about. What, what what does what is the huge gap between I mean the gap between rich and poor in Peru is huge, isn't it? And what yes. what what do you, what does it mean for you as a young militant? What does it how do you think it impacts on issues and how relevant is it to the kind of overall struggle? Uh well, inequality uh, in Peru is like you said, huge. And um that comes also with very strong narratives around inequality. You know, uh, that's how people say, and I say, I think they say it in the whole region, like the whole Latin America, maybe all over the world, that you're poor because you want to be poor. Because uh, if you like uh, make an effort and work, then you shouldn't be poor. And that's a huge lie, like a huge lie. People might have one, two, three different jobs and still be poor. And the thing is that you got this, this like internationally, you have this poor like uh, index, like this, uh, the, this amount of money you should be making uh, a day in order to not be poor, which is very, very low. And the thing is that in Peru, many people are above that line, but they're just above that line. Sure. So they can fall into into being like into poverty again. So uh, the whole the whole system, the whole economic model, just sets you to failure as a human being. That's that's really interesting, Elena. And I'm really interested to hear about. So how so how are you fighting inequality there in Peru and there on the continent? I read that you're a member of the the Left Youth Forum. Um, you've talked about this economic model. How how are you how are you guys fighting that? First, what we have is 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 a deep analysis of what's going on, and it's it's not just about our government. It's not just about Peru. It's actually a huge like global international crisis, and we are we have been able to watch that there is movements that are progressive and that are trying to fight against that right now in Ecuador is happening. And what we're trying to do is go from experience to theory to debate and action. Or we're trying to develop more initiatives in order to work with youth movements, which are the ones who need more support right now, youth and women's movements. Elena, how do people respond to you? especially as young people, there's something that we always see that sometimes young people aren't taken seriously as they should be, right? How are people responding in Peru to your movement and to your work? Uh, there's everything. You know, I remember when we went out in 2014, 2015, because of that uh young worker like cheap worker law uh they said a lot of things and you know you they have the big media as allies 
So they managed to say that we were being manipulated by uh, parties from the left, that we, well, that we were misinformed, that we were actually being very silly because they were granting us some rights and we should be happy with at least that little bit of rights that they were like offering us since we didn't have any if we were informal workers. And uh, it goes from being manipulated and disinformed and, you know, uh, stupid <laughs> to being <laughs> bums. No, no, they call those right, right away stupid uh, from being bums. Like, well, oh, these guys don't go to school, don't work. I mean, they're on the street because they're bums and they want to destroy everything and graffiti all the walls up to their terrorists. Just like really? that. Very, like deliberately that we were being manipulated by all uh, the, uh, the that little bit of people that were still, you know, uh, active from uh, the Shining Path and uh, and the Tupac Amaru Revolutionary Movement and so forth. We were terrorists because we were spreading a terrorist idea that was linked to communism and social socialism. And Elena, when you say they, I mean, who who is it that you're thinking of? I mean, is it is it the media? Is it is it politicians? Is it is it the wealthy? Or is it a combination of all those things? It's a combination of all those things. But they're all either uh, right-wing people, of course, conservatives, more like ultra-right people, which are the most violent ones. And then you have like a right center, you know, who praise their like Democrats or maybe liberals or something like that, who, you know, do it in a much more elegant way. They're the, they mean, they mean, yeah, yeah, to say it some sort of way. Uh, they don't get their hands that dirty. Uh, they leave that to the to the you know the ultra right. But you know it can go from conservative uh, right movements to the ones who are Democrats but are trying to keep safe the economical model, oh. and they see us as a as a threat. And can I ask you, know? you about? Um, I mean, what, this is a, a common problem all over the world, isn't it? Where the where kind of elites dominate the media discourse and and. What can you do as kind of young militants, young activists to, to get around the mainstream media? Because that's something we've come across in other countries in terms of getting your message out. And, and do, you, do you find, as we find in other countries, that people, young people in particular, are switching off to mainstream media and getting their news from elsewhere? And if so, how do you influence that? We have the independent media. They've been growing for the past years. Back home, we have Waika, uh, we have Tomate Colectivo. There's, there's, there's a lot of them, uh, La Mula, a lot of them. And uh, the other thing is that um, we have platforms like Atuape, and you know each organizations ha have their platforms when we use uh, communicational pieces from memes to, I don't know, it could be many different things online and offline to create new narratives or to challenge the, the current narratives. And what we've done with the Youth Left Forum is that, for example, when you find a crack, like it's happened a lot in our country, 
when you find a crack, when the government is actually proposing something that is bad for the people, and uh, but it also goes or might go, you know, it's a weak government, so you also have opposition who are usually like liberals or right wing who actually want to, you know, get that government to go away. That happened with Ollanta Mala. They give you some spaces in mainstream media. So when you find a crack, you use it and you get to say, go ahead, enter that and split it open, you know. One of the criticisms you, you see around quite often is people say that to talk about left and talk about right is somehow old-fashioned, that, you know, in the modern world we need to move beyond these old divisions and mm-hmm. and, and kind, of, kind of put together a new path together. And mm. did you come across that in your work? Do you see that as a criticism quite often? And what... Particularly as a young, yeah. young activist, you know, I'm I'm very old, so uh, you know, I have a particular <laughs> perspective. So I'm I'm just really keen to know what it looks like from 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 the point of view of youth. Uh, you know, people that now now facing crisis, they're looking for something else. So now they do see there's a difference between what the what the what the right is proposing and what the left is proposing. So there comes a time where you cannot stand in the middle and just watch because our lives depend on it. They always depended on it, but right now it's getting stronger and stronger all over the world. So this whole apolitical thing, you know, and we have the same back home. Ser apolitico es una posición política. I have a, a friend from the hip hop movement that says that that is actually being apolitical is a political stand and a political choice. It's the political stand and the political choice of not taking a stand, you know, uh, not I being able to differentiate one thing from the other. There is a, it's a famous politician from the UK in the in the fifties and sixties. He said that. The only problem with being in the middle of the road is that you get run over. Exactly. And that was that was always our favourite quote. Uh, okay, that was wonderful. Um, Elena, let me pick up from there as well because it, it, mm-hmm. it talks to the same question, right? So you've spoken about you know the liberals, you've spoken about the elites, you've spoken about what 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 people are doing. What 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 is a name that brings together what you're a part of, who you are? Is it is it new progressives? Is it new socialists? For me, it's socialism because socialism proposes that we are able to imagine, to think, to desire, and to construct and create a just a, a world with justice, with equality, with solidarity, and that obviously, if that's your values, if that's your idea, you can see right now with the failure of capitalism to deliver with the failure of right wing or, or, or the conservative movement to deliver that because they won't be able to deliver either equality or justice or solidarity, which is the world that we envision. So even if you don't call yourself a, a socialist, if you have those values and you believe in that chance, in that opportunity, for me, 
you're part of us. And I love, I love Elena, the way that you're able to bring together these issues of economic justice, of environmental justice, and of gender justice, of women's rights. How does yes. that, how, how do you bring these things together on the ground as part of your youth movement? Can you talk us through that? When you actually see how the structure works and how it's all related and integrated and it's very, well, do you use this, uh, I mean, this word has been going around a lot, intersectional, you know. Uh, for me, it's like more integrated, like an integrated agenda. Like, for example, if you don't have, if, if you have a, a dictatorship, you're not going to get anywhere mm. regarding uh, gender or uh, equality or rights for, for women. If you have, a, you know, a neoliberal government, you're not going to get anywhere on labor rights or on um, the defense of the environment. You know, there are a lot of things about government, governance and uh, citizen uh, participation in politics and uh, demo democracy, for example, that actually help us integrate these agendas. And when you integrate people like in through debate, through analysis, and of course, through action in the streets, you 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 do like you create this network and like I said this social tissue that is becoming more and more capable of meeting each other and actually being able to talk to each other and yeah. to understand each other. That happened with the campaign to you know prevent Keiko Fujimori to to go go back to the to the government. That we were a, a big part of that. We managed to, you know, it was beautiful because you saw a worker like from a factory painting the same banner with an LGBTQ person. So they wow. ma they met themselves uh, at these assemblies and in this action. And actually, you know, they started this, this bond when this worker who knows nothing maybe about LGBTQ community had enough trust to ask this person and, and you know, to really understand so, I mean, things like that happen and it's, and it's also like magical. Mm. And let, let, me, let me also ask Elena, like, um, I've really seen how Elena, some moments in, in very recent history have really fired up people on your continent and around the world. You know, I, I look at the assassination of Berta Caceres, the indigenous mm -hmm. leader, the human rights activists. Uh, have yeah. those moments really fired up people? in the way we, we see it from over here? Of course, of course. I mean, I remember uh, Mariel Franco uh, from Brazil. Oh, oh, that's for me, both of those cases and in hers is the proof that uh, human rights defenders, people that are progressive, that are fighting for rights, that are fighting against inequality, when they find these governments who are neoliberal and uh, conservative, they face death. Yeah. A lot of activists, a lot of militant people, they we face death. It changes like from country to country, but for example, here in, in Peru, might not happen like in the center of Lima, you know, because it's much like, you know, uh, kind of better off. But in the provinces, in the regions, like in Cusco right now, against the mining uh, project Las Bambas, they just shot like with a BB gun, a very old woman, like an agriculture, and she lost her eye. And I mean, no one is accountable for those actions yeah. at all. No one is accountable for that kind of thing. Yeah, I think. Uh, 
confronting injustice is a dangerous thing, isn't it? And we should never forget that. And Elena, I, I, you must have an auntie or a, or you know, uh, an uncle who says, you know, Elena, this is this is great being a militant activist, but really maybe just take it easy a little bit for your safety. Is that is that the case? <laughs> Um, yes, uh, a couple of times they've said that, especially when I was most like when I'm out on the streets, like with in the protests, they get very uh, worried. Actually, in 2014, I also like got shot on the leg with a BB gun. Like I had to go to the hospital and you everything. Got shot. Yeah, like with these BB guns that uh, the policemen use are, are like uh, softer than bullets, <laughs> but they still it like. pretty bad to like, me. No, but it's it's still pretty bad. But uh, uh, it's it's okay. I'm okay. But of course, they got really, 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 uh, you know, uh, preoccupied uh, about uh, my health, about what I do, but not just like my physical health. But also what, yeah, what people could do to me. I haven't, uh, the, the, I've, I've had like a couple threads on social media, like on my inbox uh, from Facebook, because I'm a feminist and uh, from men, you know, uh, and also because it's very hard because when you do politics 24 seven, it's very hard to, you know, find a stable job because <laughs> whatever we do is very like independent so um we are all very economically at risk and so that's actually one of the main uh concerns my family has but i mean it's been like what a few years now and they've seen that it's not you know it's not just a, a passage in the book of my life it's here to stay so i think they've managed to you know live with it some of them are proud. Some of them are just worried. <laughs> That's great. Uh, it's really good to hear. Um, and I think some of them are old socialists as well, aren't they? So they're probably very proud of you. Uh, <laughs> not, not all of them, but they're proud, like in general, yes. <laughs> but listen, in all of your work and what you experience and the people that you meet, what gives you hope each day in the fight against inequality where do you where do you draw derive your hope from wow uh actually a lot of things bring me hope uh like when i when i'm with uh, the women's movement when i uh for example it, it happened this this week and it was like amazing because you know this work is a very hard work on your mind, on your emotions, on your body sometimes. And I've been traveling a lot, which has been great, but, you know, it's very, very tiring. Um, um, and there was, we do these Actua labs, uh, which have, you know, replicas. So people can apply to get a replica, like replicate one of the, lab, the labs or the methodology. So I was revising the proposals. And the proposal was so amazing that I actually, I was, maybe because I'm tired also, I was reading them and I just, I, I, I swear, it might sound like sentimental or too much, but I just started crying because for me it was like all of the effort that we do, all of it, it's worth it. 
it's completely worth it. And uh, for me, that was that was huge, and that brings me hope. Adina, I think you've got us a little bit emotional there at the end, but really, we have to thank you. It's it's been fun and it's it's been an incredible learning experience. Actually, it's been so nice speaking to you. Thank you so much for your time for Equals. No, oh, thank you. I think the idea of doing Equals is actually very very important, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing all the all the podcasts that I can. And hey, we stand in such deep solidarity with you in Peru. Yeah, keep oh, thank you. Right now, right now is a special time to do it. Max, I'm not even going to ask you for your reflections on that because she she got shot. She got shot. She yeah. got shot. Not only did she get shot, she didn't actually think to tell us about that until right at the end of the interview now if i'd been on a march or or in a demonstration and i'd been shot i would literally be telling everybody it'd be the top of your facebook profile and all that i'd be boring people to tears a a bit like your spell in prison max it it does you know hurt me and irritate me actually a little bit that you don't seem to appreciate how it felt to be locked up in a dark cold cell and sat there in the corner looking up the light it's in the not distance that I don't appreciate it. I just feel like you've kind of told me a few times sure sure but look there is um there is there is something quite serious here that, that Elena touched upon which is a violence that people fighting inequality people fighting for human rights are facing around the world and we know that those numbers of attacks on activists are the highest that they've been in years and we also know that actually it's in Latin America where the majority of those attacks are happening there's no doubt if you take on power, you take on privilege, you're taking on serious risks and serious dangers. And I've got nothing but respect for people who are putting their lives on the line every day to fight inequality, to fight injustice. It's just so inspiring. And there's a whole set of tools, isn't there, Max, that, you know, that, that elites and, and powers that be used to silence people. So we heard about the violence. We also heard about the labels, right? So Elena talked about you know, the labels of being called a terrorist, for example, and that, you know, you can imagine struck a chord with me for some reasons. And you also heard about how, for example, they're not given space in the media. It's almost like there's this whole kind of armory of demilitarization that the elites use. And yet the voices are still getting through. I mean, that's the great thing, despite this huge barrage of lies trying to suppress people, uh, the, the, the voices of activists and social movements in Latin America and across the world are being heard. And Alina's is, is, is being heard, right? Because she's she's proud to call herself a militant and, you know, proud to call herself a socialist. I'm sure that pricked your ears. It did. I, I think the word socialism needs to be revived. I think it is being revived by, by many, uh, particularly young people. And I think we do need a, a name for the set of ideas that we're fighting for, a more equal world, a more just world. I'm, I'm all for, you know, fighting for a more equal and just world, and, and you know that, Max. But I've got a problem here with, with what you're saying, because in 2019, we're meant to be inspiring and exciting, fresh way for the world. And to be able to use a word like socialism, which has everything associated with it from the past, I'm not sure that works in 2019. I'm not so sure that it's just a a sense that history is baggage. I think it can actually be inspiring and it can give people a sense of continuity. Yeah, I think, look, I think I think we agree there and perhaps we can have a podcast about what the right words and what the right ideals are to bring this all together. 
And and the other thing that I really agree with, actually, that Elena mentioned was this whole thing about is there's no such thing really about being apolitical. To be apolitical is to be political in itself. Yeah, I like that. I, there's nothing that I dislike more than when people say, you know, let's move beyond the old divisions of left and right, as if as if you can move beyond night and day. Yeah, or right and wrong, right? And uh, and. You know, actually, I don't mind if people stand with conviction about whether they're on the left or the right or wherever they are. But to pretend we're all the same and holding hands and part of the same thing is really just evidently false. There are fundamental differences in the way that the world is viewed and the way that progress is understood. And those need to be recognised. And it is some way, I think, a genius of, of, of elites to be able to narrow the political debate within this very small space and there are these big hard limits that you can't go on and we're allowed to tinker with the economics and and play with some social policies but beyond that is off limits isn't it and what's great is that right now that's all changing we're seeing some you know amazing new ideas being put out there things that were completely beyond the pale just a few years ago and that's what the next podcast is all about so elena wherever you are in the world right now thank you very much again for joining us so, Max, yeah, you're right. This next episode we have is, is all about big ideas. We're going to be joined by the Dutch historian Rutger Bregman. He wrote a brilliant, really famous book called Utopia for Realists, sharing big ideas for where the world can go. But he's also a bit of an expert about where the big ideas that have shaped the world today have come from. So that's our next episode. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great episode. And as always, we'd really love to hear from you, love to get feedback. And please write to us at equals at oxfam.org. That's equals at oxfam.org. And we appreciate your thoughts, appreciate your feedback, and really appreciate it if you if you subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.